In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. that final time when we look at the final 53-man Cleveland Browns roster. And I'm here with Ian Wright, right, right. Ian, how are you, buddy? I am good. I am good. I will, I will emphasize it is not the final 53, as we know that this is the initial. That is the words the Browns uh, website and all the people the Browns said, the initial 53 because now we're going to see a couple pieces moving. So it's good to get the first 53. We had, you know, unfortunately had to see 27 players, you know, that were near and dear to the Cleveland Browns hearts. You know, one thing you got to, and then Paul, I know you, you know this as much as anyone, especially being a UDFA fan like yourself is when these guys come in and they're part of that 90 man roster and that 85 man roster, that 80, we as fans develop like loyalty to them, right? So all of a sudden a guy like John Kelly gets cut and people are like, damn it, John Kelly. I love John Kelly. Like he should be here forever. Get him on the practice squad. Never let him leave. So the loyalty is definitely something that you just have to appreciate. I think a lot of the guys that we let go were some solid NFL football players, but yeah, at this point, the roster's down to 53 and over the next day or so, you're going to see Andrew Barry in, in uh, his company really make some changes to the roster. Yeah. Well, let's start off, mate. We've got 15 minutes or 14 minutes left. The first thing we want to talk about is the D-line. I think this is probably the most interesting um, thing. We've only got three DNs on our roster. I I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I think the release of Porter Gustin was probably the most surprising, but he hasn't been healthy really and hasn't really shown much. I mean, I know he had a great preseason or I'm sorry, uh, playoff, you know, series with the Steelers. So he has shown that he can produce at the NFL level. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about guys that are getting cut that have produced in the NFL before. And you never know, maybe Gustin's a guy that they, they know they can get back or, you know, there's only a few guys that they can release that they just terminate the contract for. So if they were doing a little bit of roster fudging, uh, those four guys would be Jojo Natson, Brian Allen, Sheldon Day, and Elijah Lee. So, you know, you could see one where Phillips goes and they bring uh, Lee back. But, yeah, it was a little shocking to see five D tackles. Now, it's technically D tackles. They've already said Malik Jackson, you know, Jordan Elliott, Malik McDowell. These are guys I think that can play, if they go big, can play that defensive end position, especially if you want to line up maybe one of your outside linebackers over top of them and rush that way. So, yeah, it was a little shocking to see three true DNs, but that may be something that's resolved relatively quickly once some of these roster things are moved. But, yeah, I would agree that was the most shocking thing. Well, let's stay on the, let's stay on the defense. Uh, anything else? You know, let, well, let's move. I think well, the linebacker would be... Yeah, that's where I was going to go. Is By only keeping three DNs and five D tackles, that means you have eight defensive linemen, which means you have extra guys because some teams will run nine. Some teams will even run 10. Well, the Browns use that extra one in the linebacker room. They kept seven linebackers. You know, this is a position that was, you know, going into the draft. People said we needed to take Jamin Davis. You know, these, all these linebackers were mocked to the Browns. You know, this is a team now that is carrying seven linebackers on the initial 53. Now 
we know that Jacob Phillips will be going to IR. We do know that. So we're talking about six, but we also kept 10 in the secondary as well. Six corners and four safeties. One of them being MJ Stewart. So who, if you listen to yesterday's show, Jack and I talked a little bit about that hybrid, but yeah, seven linebackers coming through to the initial 53 was probably a little bit surprising. Yeah. Especially when we know that um, we classically play with two linebackers and now seven, does that mean a lot of them are going to be on their, uh, on the special teams or yeah. Yeah. And, and ironically enough, I think the best special teamer of the group was Elijah Lee and he's, he got released now. The one, this is a room, I mean, if we're talking about surprises, right? So let's, let's stick to the D, the D tackles and the, in the linebackers, Tommy Togi, I I've said it has not shown me anything. So maybe Andrew Barry and them say, Hey, this is a fourth round pick. And this is all, I think if Tommy Togi, I was drafted in the seventh round of the UDFA class. I don't think he makes his roster because he hasn't shown anything, but this was a fourth round pick. He hasn't shown much. I'd be curious. You know, when we talk about bottom of the roster spots, I think he's probably one of them. So maybe they get through the initial round of cuts and then move him onto the practice squad because he's no more ready than the man on the moon to start or play in the in, on the defensive line. And the other one is Tony Fields. We haven't seen him. Now, you know, you remember during draft prep, a lot of people said that if you can't get JOK, get Tony Fields. This is, you know, an athletic guy. Well, we haven't seen him play. He's had a foot injury. He finally came back to practice. Um, haven't seen him much if at all and he makes the roster so you know the old adage you know you can't make the club from the tub well tony fields did it but i would say that he's probably in that that bottom five if we're talking about the bottom five of the roster that gets turned over so he he kind of needs to make sure that if he's back he's back now it could be some of those things where maybe they put him right on ir i don't know uh but at the end of the day yeah tony fields he's gonna have to contribute on special teams because I, I haven't seen much of him elsewhere in terms of being ready to play nfl football as a starter uh, anything else on defense you want to cover? Well, if we're talking about the secondary, you know, there was obviously the mainstays. And, you know, Jack and I talked a little bit yesterday about five corners, four safeties, and a hybrid. And the Browns went that route. And I think this is the one room where we got it pretty much exact. I mean, I think if I look here at my predictions, the five corners, uh, the four safeties, and then the hybrid I said was going to be MJ Stewart. And I, I, I was seeing a little bit going around Twitter yesterday in terms of Browns fans not realizing that uh, MJ Stewart was cross-training. So, I mean, it was back in spring, and it was widely reported by a lot of people. So I don't think this was like a breaking news type of thing. But MJ Stewart was playing a little bit of that free safety backup slot corner role. You remember Stewart had an interception in the Steelers uh, playoff game. So this is a guy that's played meaningful steps, former second-round pick. Uh, so this is a guy I think that comes in, gives you a little bit of veteran love. Um, AJ Green's another guy who comes in, who's shown a little bit in the preseason, kind of maybe why they gave him a little bit of extra money as a UDFA. So put him in the cap as one of the Paul Brown specials. You know, he's the only UDFA on defense. So Interesting thing coming through Twitter now. Felton is the kick returner and Donovan Peoples-Jones, it can return punts. Yeah. Yep, that, that's set. to get rid of Kadero Hodge and to get rid of Jojo Natson meant that those two guys were going to have to do something from a special team standpoint. So not shocking to see that uh, Demetri Felton will be returning the kicks. I think he showed a little bit of uh, showed a little bit of wiggle. So I'm, I'm curious to see what he can do uh, in an NFL season, especially maybe when he gets maybe a year or two into the league where he picks up a little bit of size, speed, and strength. So yeah, and a lot of a lot of press, a lot of coverage of this. Malik McDowell, if I said that correct, yeah, Malik was in McDowell. jail, was in jail, and now he's really fought for this 
roster place. And, you know, we've all seen the tape. He's done very, very well in preseason. Yeah. Malik McDowell. And I think this is a story, especially Northern Ohio. And I'll take a, a second on this one. The Browns to put him out in front of the media says that they are very confident in a, his headspace, you know, because you go up there in firing squad, knowing a lot of your past indiscretions are going to kind of be brought to the light. You got to have a strong personality for that. And they wouldn't have put him out there if it was one of those ones where he was on the bubble and going to be replaced. So, you know, I had tipped to Malik McDowell because this is a guy who openly stood up there, took questions about, you know, being in jail, you know, getting in an ATV accident that, you know, jeopardized his football career with a head injury. Um, A lot of people have been in that situation where you've hit rock bottom and for Malik McDowell to pull himself up. And, you know, I, I, he, he made a mention in his meeting with the press earlier about, and I forget who asked the question. So I apologize to the Browns beat reporters. It was a good question about the disappointment. And he talked about calling his mother saying, Hey mom, I got, I got in trouble again. I'm in jail. And I almost can guarantee you that after he met with the coaches, after Chris Kiffin and Joe Woods told him, Hey, you're going to be on this roster. When he called his mom, he, I, I would almost guess he was in tears because this is a guy who went from calling his mom to say I'm in jail to now calling his mom saying, Hey, I'm on the 53 man roster of a super bowl contending Cleveland Browns team. And he gave all the praise in the world to Andrew Barry to Kevin Stefanski and said, Hey, AB stuck his neck out on the line for me, brought me in. Um, so it, it's a great story. And it just shows that a lot of guys in the league don't get second chances, but if you're willing to work hard enough, if you're willing to put your head down, I mean, he, Paul, he hasn't been in the fo- in football in four years. I mean, I remember when he was at Michigan state, I was still living in Columbus. And I remember he was just a wrecking ball at Michigan State. I mean, this is a guy, when he came out, I believe the same year as Miles Garrett, he was considered one of the top two, three pass rushers in the draft. And now you see him in the preseason, he's manhandling people. So if the Browns could just get this guy, you know, out in the field, meaningful steps, what an incredible story. What an incredible job by Andrew Barry. And it just shows, you know, we used to say this about the Patriots. They bring guys in. And all of a sudden they didn't work out anywhere else or, you know, how did they get these guys to put their heads on straight? Well, when you build a culture and you build a team like Andrew Berry has, you can take shots on a guy like Malik McDowell, bring him in. And now you're just going to do nothing but reap the benefits. So hat tip to Malik McDowell. You know, I, you definitely got a fan in me, buddy. Cause I tell you not only what you can do on the field, but the strength and the courage you showed off the field is uh, is a great story. You got to remember. Okay. In 2017, he was a 35th round overall pick. So yeah, he was pick, yeah. basically the third pick in the second round. Yeah. And Seattle, when they, I believe traded back out of the first, the John Snyder special um, took him and he never played for him. He got in trouble in the off season. That's when he got the accident and he was basically pupped and then released. So he never, that his first snap in his NFL career was this preseason. Wow. And I'll tell you, he, he, when he goes into the defensive huddle, he's a head taller than all the defensive linemen. And you're like, gosh, golly almighty. Can you imagine putting a defensive line up there with, you know, Tack McKinley, Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney and him, and then cycling in Malik Jackson. Gosh, gosh, good luck quarterbacks. I'm glad I drafted the Browns defense in one of my fantasy drafts. Yeah. And look, he's uh, costing us 660 K uh, a year. So, um, yeah, we need more and more of these bargain pieces within he, our uh, within our cap. He instantly becomes a Jack Duffin uh, special. 
Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to describe, just talk about the defense? No, I think defense, like I said, I think this is going to be the most uh, fluid side of the ball. You know, I, I saw a great article by Andrew, uh, Andrew Gribble on the Browns website that talked about the consistency that the Browns showed on offense. So I think from the, the defensive side of the ball, that is where we're going to see the most movement. And then in terms of the offense, I mean, I think the title of that was unprecedented offensive stability. And it said, tag on the fact that Browns returned almost all the coaches from the 2020 season. 20 of the 22 of the 25 offensive players finished the season previous season with the team. So of the 25 we have this year, 22 of them were last year, 20 were on the 53 man roster at the start of the season. And the three lone new faces were all 2021 draft picks. That, wow. that, that is, that is wild. So, I mean, you brought back 22 guys from 25 that were on the squad last year and you added in Demetric Felton, you added in um, Anthony Schwartz, and you added in James Hudson. So those were the three. Okay, the offense. Any surprises there at all? Um, it all looks, you know, the running back room looks heavy with five or four mm-hmm. and, a, and a full back. But otherwise, all makes sense. Everything else. Yeah, and, and we could see some movement here. But, I mean, Paul, I think you realize, as we're going through our fantasy football drafts a lot of times, when you line up with a quarterback and five offensive linemen, you only have five guys that can be on the field that have what we'll call a skill set position or, you know, uh, some sort of a wide out, wide receiver, wide out, wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end, running back, fullback. And the Browns decided they were going to keep four running backs, a fullback, five wide receivers, and three tight ends. So that's 13. That's 13 skill position players and 10 offensive linemen. I think the surprise is the 10 offensive line. You know, we talked about it a little bit yesterday where we were potentially going to have four offensive tackles, three guards, and two centers. So that was nine. Well, the Browns went a step further. They went with an entire backup backup offensive line. So they carried four guards being Dunn and Hans. Harris is your thing. So your backup offensive line of James Hudson, Michael Dunn, Nick Harris, Blake Hans, and Chris Hubbard. I mean, that's listed left tackle through right tackle. So I think say the biggest surprise is they borrowed one from the offensive skill set position, gave it to the offensive line. Now, could there be a corresponding move given the fact that you kind of have three guards being that Michael Dunn, Blake Hans, and Chris Hubbard can all play guard. You may see they go down to nine and then they bring something back. That's a possibility. Um, but yeah, it was cool seeing Dearness Johnson on the roster. I know a lot of people, especially Jack, who we can make fun of because he's not here, uh, said that he was a no for him. Well, he's a yes for Andrew Barry, and that's all that matters. And um, only three tight ends. Yeah. So, do you, I, I'll get your thought. Do you think when they get rid of? I shouldn't say get rid of. Do you think when they make a corresponding move on offense, maybe on that offensive line, do you think maybe it gets added to the tight ends? That's I think where the position is going to go because we. Remember last year we figured out the Browns were running the most tight or the most three man and two man tight end sets in the league. You're only going to carry three tight ends. Yeah. I, th- I have a funny feeling there's a fourth one that's going to be coming in pretty soon. Yeah. I, look, there's, there's probably three positions where we could do something interesting in the next 24 hours. That's uh defensive D line, defensive end, tight end. And yeah. Maybe we bring on um, Davis week three. Maybe he makes the roster and then Lance, like Lance or Dunn goes down to the um, practice squad. 
you say Davis. Who are you talking about? Is it Davis? Oh, um, you're talking guy... about the wide receiver, uh, Davion Davis. Yeah, Davion Davis. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we got two weeks on him. Yeah, we got two weeks on him. Uh, well, at technically three, but yeah, two weeks in the NFL. I think, I think you're right. I think there's definitely going to be a corresponding move there. That's a good call. Maybe. We'll see. But uh, our boy, international presence, Jamie Gillen. We can't forget about the specials. You know, right now, Chase McLaughlin's our kicker, but the Scottish Hammer comes back for his third season. Charlie Hewitt. So, uh, you know, we can, keep, we can still keep in touch with the international man of mystery, uh, Jamie Gillen. Uh, Zane Gonzalez has been cut from uh, Detroit Lions so quickly, but it looks like inside info, a little text earlier, he's going to stay on the practice squad. Well, is the Lions the team that cut all of their kickers? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, so they, he might even be their kicker, and they just said, hey, don't go anywhere, buddy. So, but yeah, unfortunately for all those people petitioning for, uh, for Zane to come back, I think Zane will be staying in Detroit. Hell, if I was him, I'd kick in a dome too, so. If Zane came back, two-thirds of the special, special team or specialist team have been to my house. That's an interesting fact. Well, there you go. Now you just got to get Charlie Hewitt over there. Yep. And um, anything else you want to discuss or anything else, Shock? Um, the one thing we haven't talked about is uh, Nick Mullins. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of a little cool thing for a lot of people out there. Uh, Nick Mullins obviously was a starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, has played a number of years in the Kyle Shanahan offense over there. Um, he got released by the Eagles, and sounds like he's going to make his way over here to the Browns practice squad. So, <laughs> listen, I thought Kyle Willetta, the third leading passer in the preseason this year, really showed for himself, and now he's very confident that he's going to go catch on somewhere else. We wish him absolutely nothing but the best of luck. I thought Kyle really showed himself well, but having kind of a, a lightweight veteran, he's not quite the Case Keenum veteran, but Nick Mullins, you know, this is a guy who's performed admirably on the NFL stage and he's going to come back and he's going to be with the Browns. I mean, this is a guy that's only 26 years old. Um, so, Hey, I'm all for it. Bring him in. He's familiar with that style of system. And, uh, Sounds good to me. I'll take him. Anytime you can get a guy like that to come in, help Baker, maybe show him some things from that Shanahan offense, I'm good with it. Where do you think he'll end up, um, La Letta, if I said that correct? Yeah, I, honestly, the way these quarterbacks are moving and shaking around the league, it's, it's tough to know. My guess, if I'm him, I'd probably want to go to the NFC just because you look at the AFC and some of the young quarterbacks – that would be my guess. So I, I'm going to, I'll take a shot, but I'm do believing it's the NFC. That's going to be my guess. I just had a look online. He was a fourth round pick. Yeah. By the giants. Yeah. So yeah, he's out of uh, Richmond. I believe he was a Richmond spider. Hmm. Do I have that right? Yeah. Uh, let me have a quick look. This is exciting podcast. Yes, correct. Yes. It goes into my random skill that all my friends know about where you can ask me where certain guys went to college. And unfortunately, in a lot of cases, I do know it. So do you know where uh, Nick Mullins went to college? Nick Mullins went to college. Uh, don't look it up. You got to know. Let me, just have, let me just have a little think here a minute. He is. <laughs> I hear keyboard. So, yeah, he went to Southern Mississippi. Now, you won't be able to look this up that quick. Do you know what NFL Hall of Famer quarterback went to Southern Mississippi? Paul Brown trivia. Um, dun, 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 dun. Aaron Rodgers. He went to Cal. 
Brett Favre. Brett Favre is a Southern Mississippi Golden Eagle. Yeah, Favre. So there you go. I think we're uh, we're getting close to our time. We're kind of back in the swing of things. I got us started. Then, you know, I seem to be the one constant mainstay. Me and Jack yesterday, me and you today. So I I hope you know that we were auctioning you off for late round draft picks during your sleeping tweeting fest. You know, just for the record to all the Paul Brown podcast listeners, uh, Paul has claimed that he was tweeting while sleeping. So even though he was sleeping and couldn't record for the podcast, he was still tweeting. So this is a man with a multiple, just a multitude (laughs) of skill sets. He is actually able to tweet and sleep at the same time. And you know what? I believe him. I've seen him do it. Well, there we go. eh? Never, never rest him. But, mate, uh, really excited now. We have got basically... 13 days until the Browns first game. I'm still right. trying to get over. I was going to say, can you give us all, I, there's a lot of people asking, what is the update on the Paul Brown travel situation? Uh, at the moment, I can't go directly into the USA in a direct flight. But Now, is that because I, of your side or our side? Uh, your side, I'm afraid to say. So um, what I could have done was fly into Mexico for two weeks and then come across to, to Cleveland, but I've left I've left it too late. So um, yeah, um, I think I was going to try and go over to Canada and jump the border, but um, there is no Canada American border according to uh, online at the moment. Well, right now one of the issues is yeah the Canadian border. I don't think listen. I'm not pretending to be a person, and I want you to please follow all U.S. Uh, country laws, international and state laws. I believe the issue is getting from the U.S. into Canada. I don't know right now what the rules are from getting from Canada into the U.S. I got some family. Yeah, so I can fly. I can fly U.K. Canada from the seventh of September with a double vaccinated, really easy. So I could be in Canada, but then I can't get Canada to London. I'm oh, sorry, Canada to uh, USA. To U.S. Yeah, that's un- that's unfortunate. But things can change. And uh, I've not given up quite yet. Well, if there's anything that I can do from the wonderful city of Chicago, please let me know. Um, but outside of that, hey, everything looks pretty good on the Browns front. Um, it's we've come a long way. You know, we've come a long way. Uh, any reaction to Cam Newton getting cut, by the way, Paul? Um, yeah, it was a bit of a shock, to be honest. But um, do you think it could be? coming onto the Cleveland Browns practice squad. That is a question that I'm sure <laughs> Grossy asked today. No, I think there's a lot of talk that he may be heading down to uh, to Dallas. I think Dallas was doing a little due diligence on him. So it could be something interesting, but no, Cam Newton's not coming to Cleveland. I just asked you as you decided to draft him moments before he was released. Uh, yeah, I obviously didn't have the inside information on that, to be honest. But um, <laughs> You should ask Zane. Or... Do I know something that you don't know? Do, 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 do. Um, All right. But yeah, just a bit of news. The EU is set to blacklist American tour, uh, tourists coming over. So uh, it's not looking great for anyone at the moment. Really? So we're not even about to be going over there, huh? Which could affect... Uh, don't forget, we're not part of the EU anymore. So uh, but it could affect the two London games this year. Wow. I'll tell you that this is going to be a very interesting. This is going to be a very interesting uh, season because you got so many different 
rules and policies and everything's moving and shaking. I'll tell you, the Browns depth is going to be a serious advantage for the for the season, because if all of a sudden, you know, and I, I'm not going to get into the whole vaccinations and all that stuff of players that's between them. Um, but, you know, hopefully the guys have played it smart and made the decisions best for them. But at the end of the day, like, you know, if we have depth and roster where other teams, all of a sudden, maybe a starting tight end goes out for another team. Well, we've got two guys right there that can step in and be starters or, you know, all of a sudden our left guard, get, like Joel Batonio gets, you know, put on the COVID list right before a playoff game a random guy named Blake can introduce himself to Baker in the beginning uh, of the game. And, you know, we can win. So the Browns, I think they're in a good place to really kind of test what's going to be a, probably an interesting season for fans, probably going to be frustrating. You know, hopefully we don't run into a situation like the jets where all of a sudden all of our receivers are close contact. And next thing you know, that we're running routes in parking lots. And uh, I tell you, Oh, the NFL over the last two years, Paul, it's, it's been quite interesting. That's why Jack McCurry's yeah. fantasy football championship from last year has a giant asterisk on it. Yes, I said it, Jack. Yep, exactly. All right, buddy. Well, look, I'm going to love you and leave you. And I want to finish up by saying go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns.